This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Yeah, our time is five minutes after the hour, two o'clock. Our guest is here in studio and you can imagine uh, that yeah, it's always lovely to have someone in studio, especially in the early hours. We call them the godly hours uh, here on uh, the show and we're going to learn, right? In the godly hours, they say you never stop learning, whether it's in the AMs, whether it's uh, during the day, uh, there's always an opportunity uh, to learn uh, something new. So we're going to be talking about uh, the transport and logistics industry, uh, getting a master class here uh, from our guest here, Jonathan Mpake. He's in studio with us. He's a brand ambassador at organization Master Drive and Safety South Africa. Also here to chat about the supply chain orchestration. I told you about those heavy words, right? Uh, but you will break it down uh, for us and make it easier in terms of how uh, then this particular conversation uh, would tend to matter uh, to you at home. We are still on 0861-987-000 this morning, uh, there by X. We railing behind uh, the hashtag uh, power zone so if you're curious as i am uh, do stay tuned and uh, do call us uh, call in and uh, just send a message there uh, let's see how we can break down the supply chain and see how we can get to learn about orchestration where the lo- transport and logistics sector is concerned but it's a master class and this uh, gentleman here is one person uh, that uh, is well vested with what is happening i'd like to believe in this particular uh, sector he said he was nervous but no man i mean this is a safe space jonathan uh, good morning welcome to the show morning sir how are you i'm doing well man i can't complain are you good no, very good. Uh, transport people are always alive in the yeah. morning, so we, we have to keep South Africa moving. So. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it really makes sense that you had, uh, you know, driven to come join us in studio. I was going to be surprised to say, but this guy is in the transport and logistics <laughs> sector. He couldn't even drive and come through here uh, to give us a sense of what is happening here. But we really appreciate you coming in studio, especially at this time of the morning. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's a great honor, privilege to be Mm. here to talk about something that is so ingrained in my life, Um, Mm. something that is a passion, I feel is a calling. It's something that is uh, very fundamental for the progress of the economy. And, you know, the Road Freight Association always talks about these trucks that are moving the economy. Mm. And, you know, trucks and logistics, supply chain management in totality, plays such a critical role in making sure that all the goods and services that we want to see, Mm. uh, you know, come to flourishing in our lives. Yeah, I mean, you're right to say that uh, this sector tends to become very important, even in ferrying our loved ones from point A to point B in the morning. So you tend to uh, see a variety in terms of uh, the ecosystem and the value chain uh, that is the transport and logistics sector. Maybe break it down uh, for our listeners in terms of the various uh, you know sectors within this uh, transport space that would exist that someone maybe uh, would be like, hey, Mar, I wasn't aware that this is part of the transport sector logistics for instance and the likes maybe just break it down as we try to school our listeners here no brilliant thank you so much sir. so supply chain management is mm. such a key fundamental that encompasses a whole lot of subsets in it uh, a part of it is the one that most people know in terms of logistics mm. in terms of sorry trucking and distribution warehousing so you have those elements um, you have an element of procurement 
you you have all these elements that work together and really the supply chain infuses that as the word says it's a chain mm. and all these subsets from point of manufacturing point of you know origin till it gets to the end user customer mm. there's so many sectors so let's take a practical example um let's say you you're you're a farmer and you are farming a particular perishable product mm. That perishable product has a time frame that it needs to be harvested. To move as well, yeah. Exactly. And as you're (laughs) transporting it, your mode of transport, maybe Mm. it's a closed fridge truck that has to be set at a correct temperature. Mm. The packaging has to be correct. The picking has to be correct. Then you move to transportation. Mm. In terms of transporting it from that point to whatever point you, let's say the market, there is another chain in it. Before that, you'll find there's a buyer who's buying X amount of fruit or vegetables to be procured and sold at the market. It needs to be distributed there, picked, packed. And then in transport, we have this thing in terms of warehousing where people take the consignment, break it up into several different types of consignments so that it gets to the end user. You might in between there have a warehousing component. Mm. Let's say Woolworths buys 30 pallets of stock then it's how do you get that stock? What type of truck is required? Mm. How do you get that loaded? How do you then distribute it to the Woolworths DC? How do you from there distribute it to the end user customer? In terms of all of those legs, it is incumbent upon a proper supply chain management Mm. personnel and all the support structures to be able to measure and really look at every subset and all the chain in between. Mm. Because from point of origin to point of delivery, you have to have only a specified period. Let's remember it's perishable. Mm. So now you don't want to now have rotten. Can you imagine uh, trying to deliver rotten potatoes Mm. and you're the end user customer and you get it? It's not right. Yeah, I mean, that's why you see the economy go into shock when maybe there's a, a strike somewhere, trucks are delayed somewhere, uh, but you know, there were there were issues there at the harbor uh, in terms of what was happening in Durban. And, and it kind of tells you the significance and importance of the entire value chain to the economy and not just to the economy, but to us. I mean, you'd be sitting here waiting for, you know, your potatoes so you can make chips. Yes. Or waiting. <laughs> So you can understand that it's a it's an entire you know ripple effect of some sort yes. uh, when you look at how everything tends to influence uh, the other. But uh, tell us about Master Drive and Safety Road South Africa. Uh, is this where we see then the organization championing and pushing and breaking down this different uh, you know value chain within the transport sector in a way that uh, they also push to promote rates, road safety while, whilst at it. So Master Drive is a company that specializes in um, uh, driver safety in terms of driver training, Mm. uh, looking at the components and it's progressive training where we look at what type of training is required for that particular individual. Customize it, train those individuals so that it improves their road safety. It also looks at fleet managers. Master Drive held uh, the first ever fleet safety awards um, um, a year ago. Uh, This year was the second edition of it. And part of that is looking at the people in the ecosystem who are fleet managers. Mm. A lot of times, you know, when we look at fleet management, fleet management is such an important science within, you know, transportation because the fleet manager needs to understand 
that other part of using telematics data, mm-hmm. using the digital tools that are in that are in within the fleet management space to manage the drivers. Mm-hmm. The element that's always forgotten in terms of fleet management and road safety where companies are concerned is how do we take care and look at the driver, yeah. the human element of yeah. it. So in South Africa and most fleet management uh, establishments, you have this big thing about telematics, which is not just the dot on the screen. It's not just the tracking or a GPRS unit. From that unit, you glean so much intel in it. Yeah. Driver Jonathan has 17 instances of harsh braking, yeah. of speeding, of cornering, of excessive idling. How does that promote? How does that tie into what we're doing? From an ESG perspective, an environmental perspective, if you're going to idle too long, you are now consuming fuel mm. and you are affecting the environment. So there's all these plethora of, of, of technology streams mm. that you take that stream and you are able to say, driver Jonathan has gaps in X, Y, Z. Mm. We see these trends. Let's now train driver Jonathan to improve him. In doing that, you contribute to the safety. Mm. We were at a conference recently and one of the we were talking about how we can, you know, blame external factors. But as the industry, as we train our drivers, as we ensure that our vehicles are roadworthy, as we adhere to not just the good enough, the enemy of excellence is just doing just the bare minimum. Yeah. As we do all of this, we contribute in totality to road safety. South Africa has one of the highest, if not the highest rates of mortality on our roads. Mm. And as those suppliers, we do all of these things. We need to do that. So the Fleet Safety Awards really highlighted what the fleet manager does. Tire management, fuel Mm. management, vehicle maintenance. There's all these components. There's a whole technology component that I spoke about. Mm. Then you look at routing and scheduling. That's where the orchestration comes from. Any supply chain manager or any supply chain person will tell you about orchestration. So going back to our previous discussion, all these segments, all these chains in the supplier chain, what technology do you use mm. to orchestrate it, to look at end-to-end? What, where are the bottlenecks? Mm. Richard's Bay, now my ETAs are changing. Uh, when is the ship coming in? Yeah. When it will be de- uh, dismantled? When, it, when is the cargo going to be broken in? You look at all these subsets, and there's a people process technology element Mm. and as you bring all of this together that's where the orchestration happens that's when you glean technology a lot of companies we have seen want to implement technology tools as a way out yeah i mean i I wanted to come in there to say we've seen technology really advance uh, so much in south africa we're part of this this global community and we can't avoid it one way or another Mm. we have to embrace it and reskill upskill some of those workers that are within this space especially the transportation sector uh, so we can enhance and use those tools for safety like what you're saying in terms of coming through uh, to the orchestration are we seeing it coming through? Are we seeing it being embraced as technology in this space and coming through to help revive and transform the sector? Looking at how things were done in the past, you talk about safety and helping enhance the human element in helping the driver in that particular regard. This was not the case back in the years, mm. meaning that as we tend to develop, then all of these sectors will have to move along as well and, and, and more or less not, not find themselves left behind where a technology and embracing it is concerned. 100%. My, my father was a truck driver 
uh, for many years. And mm-hmm. I remember being with him and we talk about routing and scheduling and optimized planning mm-hmm. to get from point A to B using software, using telematics data, orchestrating that. And you look at, I remember being probably 11, 12 years old, standing next to him, and he's actually planning the orders for the trucks for the next day. Mm. He used to be in a meat delivery uh, company. Um, it used to be called Transfal Atlas. That tells you it's way back in the day. <laughs> you, you, you can't even say it proper. You have to say it with that accent, Transfal. Yeah, <laughs> you have to say it in that way. So, you know, what he was doing in saying, truck A, stop number one is this, stop number two is this. Mm. I did now in technology and feeding the orders in and saying, what is the best route to get there? What what vehicle size type do I need? And all of that is in the technology. You take it then a step further. You say, what is those telematics data? You have your plan versus actual. How do I marry it so I can glean into understanding it? A lot of times people implement technology and it's death by data. But the reality is where you win is when you clean that data, analyze that data, get insights from that data so that you can make efficient, proper decisions almost in real time to affect your supply chain. That will now have outputs of safety, have outputs of human element. As I said, in terms of the truck drivers, what in the previous company I worked in, we said, Here's, and let me give you another example. There's dash cameras in South Africa yeah. where now there's a camera inside the cab, there's a camera outside the cab. And now we can see what is happening in events where we can coach the drivers, not mm. beat the driver, because there's a human element to all of this. Yeah. Driver Jonathan, there's a gap in your driving pattern. We're noticing this trend. Here's the video clips. What is happening? And make us understand what we're used for seeing. Mm. What is the okay, I can now avoid that potential. We can use that as a training mechanism Mm. to inform the other drivers. So in terms of South African supply chain management, we have to embrace that. In road freight, we have to embrace that because it leads into us being more efficient. The competitive space is very high in terms Mm. of what is happening in the continent, in terms of fleet management and supply chain management. And it is incumbent upon us to Mm. ensure that we clean on the data, not just to have tools for the sake of tools, but to clean on the data to mm. make the efficient, uh, uh, um, the efficient and cost-effective measures that will ensure economic sustainability. You know, it's it's so brilliant, it's so wonderful. I you can tell, I love this. Stuff. I mean, you are <laughs> you, know? you are in your element, man. I'm like, it's so beautiful to see. But also, I wanted to check in with you as to how easy is it for one to get into the space? Uh, you know, uh, I mean, right now uh, the economy is just uh, there's a lot happening with the economy. You'd hear people wanting to start their own thing. You know, you'd hear someone saying, uh, maybe now with the money that I'm getting uh, after being retrenched, I wanna more or less start. And go into logistics, into the logistics mm. space, mm. maybe invest in buying one truck and move things, uh, vegetables from point A to point B and, and start small so I can find uh, myself maybe up there uh, with those that are doing the cross-national and international uh, supply and the likes. How, how easy is it uh, for one to really crack this particular code? So it, it is challenging, but one element in terms of uh, from an entrepreneurial perspective and as well as a person who's looking for work, Uh, Like we said, the issue is uh, I really strongly believe we need to expose the industry to the newer generation Mm. and to people who are not in it because there's so much. You can get a supply chain 
analyst, they do something else. Mm. You get a warehousing and distribution person, they do something else. And in terms of entrepreneurship, I was at the Road Freight SME conference uh, or summit that was held in October last year. And it's going to be held again this year. And we were talking about how, as entrepreneurs, how do you come in in the professional mindset mm. to say that I'm solving a problem or I'm providing a service? Where I feel it gets lost is that, like you mentioned, there are people who idealistically want to be in the transport industry and the belief is I'll make quick money. Yeah. But it's a passion. It's a calling. It's not just something you do. Yeah. And the best thing in terms of business in any sector is that you have to solve a problem for a customer mm. and you have to provide superior service. What is your unique value proposition? What is your unique selling point mm. that you are selling to come into the industry? Yeah. From employee perspective, I really encourage the, uh, everyone to look at it. There's so much uh, learnerships. There are so many people who are trying to get drivers trying to get transport people, warehousing people, mm -hmm. fleet managers, forklift drivers, any facet where you can get in and clean the knowledge that's going to propel you that to That analyzing of data is so fascinating. It's Especially right. if you're a young person, right? Yes. Uh, so you you know, we are often uh, told that young people are curious. So data is, you often find yourself on your phone and the likes. So it means uh, there's actually more or less uh, space for everyone that would want to come in. Uh, it, even if you are more or less just one person that is passionate about driving yes. from point A to point B, long distance driving and the likes. Uh, so the space uh, for you as well. And in terms of, you know, issues of the the roads, uh, but the issues of because you operate on the roads and infrastructure management is something else that more or less would tend to affect you mm -hmm. as you go along. Do we see an enhancement? Do we see an improvement? Do we see you bargaining maybe with the powers that be so that in any way, as much as you continue providing services in the transport and logistics space, you are not more or less hampered by something else that is not of your doing? No, 100%. So the, I'll give you an example. There's a thing called RTMS. So for lack yeah. of a better word, it's ISO for fleet management. Mm. So it's a government-sponsored, uh, industry-led uh, sort of uh, standard that says these are the standards that you're supposed to have. So the first foundational point is how do we improve our standards, make sure that we are adhering to the high standards. And from there, there's a bargain, there's a engagement leg with government to say, the road infrastructure, uh, I was at the transport forum uh, end of year function, and they were talking about how do we engage with Transnet mm. from a logistics crisis committee perspective? How do the experts in transport now advise, um, you know, government and all the powers that be to say that the road infrastructure is a problem, the ports is a problem. If we mm. fix this part of the port, how do we then improve rail infrastructure? Yeah. Because there's such a connection between there, there are certain commodities or the value or the density or the weight of commodities. Mm -hmm. It would be better if it's on rail instead of uh, being on the road. And you avoid all of these congestions. You avoid all of that. You standardize and you mm -hmm. make sure that uh, to improve the economy and to get things going, that leg from point A to B, if it's shortened, if it's straighter, if it's better, it's efficient. And so there is those engagements from an RTMS steering committee, mm. from a logistics crisis committee that uh, people are, are engaging. 
from the Road Freight Association. There's Gavin Kelly and his team that are yep. always engaging with government. And quite interestingly, at the uh, Road uh, uh, at the Road Freight Freight Me Summit, there was government representation mm. where there was robust proper discussions. Yeah. I think what we need to do, and I'm seeing now this collaborative push from the industry to say that instead of complaining and saying, you know, throwing our hands in the sky, mm. let's engage, let's bring it to the fore, let's solve the transport conundrum, let's make sure that people invest in that port. Yeah. Or looking at an article yesterday, they were talking about investment in gas into that port, you know, to make sure that it's efficient. So we don't have Mozambique bypassing us mm. and having the goods offloaded in Mozambique Think about this yeah. now. We're not going to get our commodities quickly enough. True. It bypasses us, and we are no longer looked at as this mm. oracle of efficiency on the African continent. Mm. The competition is stiff. The competition is there. And as an industry, we're saying to government, listen, we want to engage. We don't want to throw rocks over the fence yeah. and, and you know uh, score political points. But let's engage. Let's solve the problem. If we don't, we are destroying the future of our children and our children's the children. Economy, man. The economy is always at the center of everything that is happening here, especially your sector is very important. Uh, but a reminder to our listeners at home that our guest is Jonathan Mpake. He's the brand ambassador at Master Drive and Safety South Africa. He's with us. We're talking transport, we're talking uh, logistics, and you're welcome uh, to call in if you have a question or if you want to uh, join uh, this particular sector. I mean, when we're talking about uh, this e- engagement, with government and trying to ensure that you're on the same page, uh, what, what came to mind was the issue of fuel, right? Whereby month in, month out, we'll get the Minister of Mineral Re- Energy and, mm. and, 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 and Minerals coming through uh, to give us a sense of how uh, then things are faring, where uh, the fuel adjustments are concerned. And you'd hear often those that are in the sector, e-hailing drivers, for instance, uh, often saying to you that, you know, we are working at a loss mm. and it's not something that is of our doing. Mm. You know, as much mm. as we see uh, the transport, uh, you know, the money's going up, it has a ripple effect because even in taxis would have to hike uh, their prices and you'd get people complaining that now we can't afford uh, to go to the city uh, to mm. go get A, B and C or even to go uh, work in terms of forming part of uh, the economy. Uh, how are we faring where this is concerned and, and is this something that worries you guys a lot uh, in a way that you would want a permanent solution or some sort of an exemption in a way that your sector is not heavily affected in a way that the economy then will also take a knock? No, 100%. Uh, in any transport environment, fuel probably is the second highest uh, uh, expense if mm. you're looking at any transport you want to do. And I think there's a first part element of it where you take the initiative. There's, there's part where, for example, in fuel, there is something we call fuel consumption, mm. liters per hundred or kilometer per liter. Most companies who are in transportation are just looking at, I'm delivering my goods. As long as I got from point A, I got to KG, I delivered whatever I'm supposed to deliver. Here's a problem. Your driver behavior increases the consumption of fuel that you you are using. You are now affecting carbon emissions because your emission, your rate of burning fuel is going up. So how do you save money in a fluctuating, how do you even budget? The the big conundrum in in businesses is I know how much liters I consume more or less. 
I, I'm not aware of the rate of fluctuation with OPEC and all of the, the things that are happening. What can I do? And part of it is having this understanding of fuel management. It's so interesting. You load a vehicle heavier than it's supposed to be loaded. So let's say the tear mass capacity or the payload, as it's known, as, it's 71607 tons in a vehicle. And you decide to load eight tons or whatever the case might be. Now, you're depressing that vehicle. It takes a lot more fuel to talk and actually move forward. Now, you're impacting your tire maintenance. Mm. You're impacting your vehicle maintenance. You are actually causing a bigger expense for you in terms of thinking, I'm winning by delivering more mm. with less. Now, let's say you've got 17 trucks. Your 17 trucks are supposed to go in an optimized way. This is step number one, stop number two, stop number three. They just do whatever they want to do. They pass the first point where they could offload stock better and go to the next point, or they double, uh, you know, double delivering, or they're deviating from route. They're taking the longest route. All of those factors now Im impact on your fuel consumption. Depending on the topography and where you're delivering, you you're filling in fuel. But the problem is now you are now driving in a manner where you're exposing or you're excessive idling. Like we said, you're, you're burning fuel while you're standing still. You're doing all of these things. You fix that part, that small portion. You are now more in control. And that exercise now exposes you to other symptoms in the vehicle. Uh. Let's say it's consuming a lot of fuel. It's consuming a lot of oil there might be a problem with the engine. Uh, Let's fix this issue before it becomes an engine knock, which decreases your, 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 your uptime on that vehicle and you lose revenue. Uh, so actually managing the, the, yeah. the whole quantum helps you manage your fuel cost. Driver behavior is a big one. Vehicle maintenance is a big one. You do preventative and proper maintenance. You train your drivers in eco-driving. That's what you call it in the industry. Uh, you make sure that you look at how they're driving in real time and you train where there's anomalies. Now you've got a better understanding of it. Uh, so, because let's, let's face it, there are geopolitical impacts on the price of crude oil. Yeah. We can't now, you know, completely exempt ourselves from that. Yes, there's engagements about the levies and how the actual cost from the Department of Mineral and Energy is derived at. Uh, and we can have those discussions with, with government, and I think they're still ongoing. But at the end of the day, how do you, in terms of your return on investment and making sure that liquidity is right, uh, handle that? You have a truck. Let's go back to your example. You have two trucks. You have yeah. one truck. Do you know what is your normative fuel consumption for your truck? When it deviates, do you correct it in real time? Uh, if you uh, don't, you will be forever complaining, but there could be a solution. Maybe you are missing a service. You miss a service, the consumption goes up. Yeah. There's no one else to blame. So it is those nuances that are in within our control. And let's open another uh, discussion. There's so much discussions about hydrogen, about EV vehicles. Yeah, I wanted to go there to say, how, how is this here? electricity? Because we saw Minister Patel uh, last year, towards the end of last year, yes. uh, launching the white paper and more or less solidifying uh, legislation around the introduction of electricity or electrical vehicles mm. into South Africa. How, how is that going to more or less affect your sector? Uh, is it something that you've taken into consideration? Are you more or less 
more or less moving into that space in a way uh, in your thinking uh, as we wrap it up? 100%. There's a lot of um, discussions that have been held. There's this big propensity to, to look at hydrogen, but mm-hmm. you have a problem of infrastructure. Yeah. Big propensity to look at, and we've seen checkers and several other companies already engaging in those vehicles, whether it's hybrid vehicles or pure electrical vehicles, mm. to make sure we reduce our CO2 emissions, to make sure we do that. The problem will always be infrastructure. How do we make sure the infrastructure is rolled out and how do you as an organization and as a sector, we look at it? Mm. Because we have, if we have hours of load shedding and you can't quickly charge your vehicle, now you've got an economic down problem that's going to impact you. Probably now that more the, than, the value chain is affected, yeah. right? You can't deliver in time <laughs> yes. because the next thing you'll be like, I'm stuck here. I'm busy charging, man. Please bear with me. But I wanted to ask you before, before I let you go, whose number is there on the trucks when we are driving behind them and there's like, how is my driving? Call this number. <laughs> is that the number of the driver or of the owner in a way that I'm more or less reporting you to say, Jay is a reckless driver. Who, whose number is that? So the, the one of the organizations I work with, um, uh, it's called Drive Risk. Yeah. And what Drive Risk, you'll see normally those posters are like yellow, uh, yellowish and, and blue. Mm. That number goes to a call center where if you're an organization that takes it seriously, it gets recorded. Your driver ABC was doing ABC. Mm. Here's technology now, telematics. KG was driving, he nearly bumped me out of the road. Uh, you know, he saw at me, he flipped the bird at me. Okay, telematics. Time date stamp. Yeah. My truck was nowhere near your vicinity. <laughs> so it could be a problem. Now if I have Tesh cameras. You're I able have... to see that now at this time, but no, don't, don't lie. You yeah. were there. You were William Nicole. We knew my Gisela Mandela of Ramping. That's where you were reckless. Yes. So this technology. It works. And there's so much element. Insurance, repudiation. Mm. Uh, truck drive, truck companies need to have something called GIT, Goods Insurance Transport. I'm transporting, one of my, my friends used to own a, a, a company where they transport vehicles. They haven't even been, that's so dangerous. You're coming down there with a couple of GTIs and the people are like, oh, yes, yeah, tremendous. Let's offload this truck. <laughs> so let's offload. You need to have insurance coverage for all that load and your vehicle in case something happens. Yeah. You have the technology to see and repudiate claims. So that number, going back to the question, it's another data set. Mm. So now I can score my driver based on fuel consumption, accidents, you know, uh, telematics data, dash camera data, all this data, I can score my driver and say, okay, is there reality? Is there not? Mm. Is there a gap? How do I improve you? Because there's a human element in this, you know, fuel, uh, fleet management, warehousing and distribution, forklift drivers. There's a human element of it. Mm. So there's so much in the industry that even that number now uh, gives you a data set. I love the, the human element part because it's not just about making money, man. You know what I mean? Uh, someone would like to think that, uh, you know, when you see someone going into this space, you think capitalism. They have capitalists. And then you tend to see drivers that are exhausted, working day and night. And, and things are not in any way balanced in a way that you see the human element part then coming through. We tend to blame them when accidents happen on the road uh, because we're not taking into consideration the fact that they've been driving for 
for 24 hours without mm. rest and, and the likes. And technology then uh, comes in to kind of give you a sense that no, man, uh, the are gaps here. And this is where uh, then you need to improve so that you don't actually in any way cost this particular value chain or the ecosystem. How do people get hold of you? How do we follow your work? Someone that maybe is interested in the Master Drive and Safety South Africa organization, how do we yes. actually follow your work? So with Master Drive, particularly the the, master, the website is masterdrive.co.za. Um, with myself, they can find me on LinkedIn, but there's a website that's coming up. It will be motivation.co.za. So it's a play on words on motivation. Moto- yeah, yeah. So it's you know driving your destiny. Yeah. You know? So one of the other things I do, I do uh, program directing. Ah. I do public speaking. I try to you know inspire people. I always believe you know there's a subset that says you know don't let your words fall to the ground without accomplishing its work. Mm. So I believe that. We can speak life to people. We can encourage people. Look at you, man. We so, should have you on our Monday motivation feature yeah. because that's where then we tend to, you know, more or less prepare each other for the week ahead yes. in terms of more or less building and feeding into each other. So we have a lovely week. I, I want to let you go uh, mm-hmm. so you can go rest uh, as we wrap up this show. We have a guest that is on standby, Sandisi Way, and then she will be going into the literature corner uh, with us uh, this morning. But our guest, uh, Jonathan Mpake, a brand ambassador at Master Drive, and Safety South Africa. Uh, thank you very much, sir, for coming through. We've learned a lot. Uh, you see, I was like, I-, I need this guy to break it down and you managed to like in any way uh, break it down, break, make it easier uh, for our listeners. And I'm sure uh, there's keen interest uh, in terms of those that would want to join the transport and logistics space. So we'll look out for that website, uh, Motivation, uh, as we go along. Uh, but we really appreciate you coming through. And thank you very much for giving us your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. What a tremendous privilege. And yeah, yeah. thank you so much. Sir. Awesome, man. Jonathan Mpake, check him out on LinkedIn, but check out the website as well. Master Drive and Safety South Africa. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.